Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blur with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast, part of the forgotten entertainment family hello there i'm colleen i'm anders daniel we're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories so of course we love star wars and if there's one thing the internet will never have enough of it is nerds talking about star wars so every episode we journey to a galaxy far far away to discuss what's new in the star wars canon and beyond this is yet another star wars podcast this week, we're trying to solve how to get along with your cellmates to discuss the eighth episode of Andor, titled Narkina 5. This episode was written by Bo Williman and directed by Toby Haynes. Be warned, there will be spoilers for these episodes and all things Star Wars. So, are y'all ready to win the shift? That's my secret, boys. I'm always ready. <laughs> Just one more win, and we actually get some flavor in our food. So let's do this shit. All right, let's punch it with an episode recap. All right, so we start off, Cassian himself has been deemed quote-unquote labor-worthy and is shepherded onto a prison transport bound for Narcana 5, and he's uh, randomly told to take off his shoes. Upon landing, he's given a general intro to the prison factory facility, uh, including the fact that the floors here can be electrified to quell any unrest among the inmates, and it is it's terrifying, actually, <laughs> to yeah, see the way they're contorting themselves on the floor and the whole thing. It's just, it's crazy. And the this happiness like, on that Imperial prison guard's face. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, creepy man. This is they like don't need cards. Hans Gruber being like, shoot the glass. <laughs> John McClane <laughs> walking over the glass. <laughs> Ooh, <feet> Meanwhile... <laughs> Cyril is summoned to the ISB and he meets with Dedra for the first time. We have been waiting for this. She tells him to tell her what's not in the official report from Ferex. And we find out that despite the fact that he signed the thing, Cyril was never actually allowed to read it. We also find out Cyril has been fine using his position at the Bureau of Standards in the, again, fuel purity department. <laughs> to try and get info on Cassie and being like, hey, I think this guy might be like doing something with fuel. I, I should get all the info on him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dedra, who's kind of exasperated, then surprised that he never read the report. She eventually just gives it to him and says, hey, read the report. Tell me what's not in it. You were there. Fill in any gaps. Mm-hmm. She leaves him to do that. Uh, and then she goes and briefs the main ISB board on her progress. She delivers this report on Cassian, his killing of these two security guards, as well as this mysterious accomplice in the whole Starpath navigation theft, who she has codenamed Axis. <laughs> That's not ominous at all. <laughs> yeah. Trying to brand the rebels as Nazis is not a great look, Dedra. Yeah, really. Dang. But also an axis, a fulcrum, they're kind of similar things. They are kind mm-hmm. of similar things. Mm-hmm. Although fulcrum is uh chosen by the rebels for the rebels. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is that is very <laughs> a very good point. 
So Dedrote requests a lot of extra resources to really drill down into Ferrix to root out not only Cassian, but Axis as well. And ultimately, after a little bit of hemming and hawing from our man Yularen, she's basically granted all the authority she wants. So Cyril finishes the report. He adds several comments, most of which are about how his colleagues were incompetent. And he does provide a couple of small details about access, this kind of distinguishing hair piece feature and voice, some pretty preliminary details, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And Dedra ultimately thanks him, says he can go home. And Cyril stands his crown and he's just like, no, I deserve to stay. I was good at my job, man. I was a good inspector and I can still be useful. Oh my god. And Dedra tells him, forget you were ever here and go home. Yeah, we don't need you. You don't even go here. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dweeb. (laughs) Fucking dweeb. Oh man, so good. Well, on the prison factory floor, the manager, Loy, gives Cassie in the rundown. 12-hour shifts, do your work, and don't mess with his production numbers. When the room isn't working hard enough, he speeds up the pace. Well, the Empire speeds up the pace and tells them the slowest table will get punished. Uh, That voice coming on over the system was so freaky. Mod Mothma and her husband are having drinks when Tay joins them. Oof. Hey, bud. How you doing? Divorce your husband, Mon. Um, So Mon makes a reference to Perrin's old days as a cadet. When he leaves, Tay tells Mon that the Empire's new security measures are making their banking efforts even more difficult. So, gotta love that. Lita comes by and notices that Tay and Mon are together again. Mm. And then, conversing with several other senators, Mon discusses the harsh effects of the Empire's new legislation. Uh, back they, they don't on seem too bothered. <laughs> yeah. They oh, if you're not doing anything wrong. Oh, yeah. just like shut up, you idiot. As long as you have this view, why would you need anything yes, else? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Losers. Uh oh my gosh. All these people living in their core worlds, God, they're just <laughs> like Cassian said, they're so fat and satisfied. Just, oh, they drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, speaking of Cassian. He gets the rundown on how the cells work at the prison, including unlimited nutrition paste. I, it's not food. I'm not going to call it food. Uh, and then he's got his own little uh, water spout like he's a hamster. And then a countdown on how long you have left on your sentence. Uh, mm-hmm. Not great to have that in your view all the time. So they ask him what he did to get in and Cassian tells them nothing. He did nothing. And it seems to be a common trend. That's It's a lot of people coming in saying that. Mm-hmm. And everyone saw their prison sentence double recently. And they are trying to figure out what's going on, asking Cassian, like, do you know anything about the outside, about this P.O.R.D. new, like, sentencing thing that's cracking down on everyone and, you know, cracking down on rebels? And Cassian's got nothing. And so people are just kind of, like, disappointed. Like, no one can give them any anything about the outside. That was and a little wild cut. to me that they yeah. knew like the acronym, like the prisoners knew the acronym acronym for this thing, yeah. and Cassian had no freaking idea. No clue. He's been well, living his, his best life. Here's in what Long I'm betting. But do they get news? <laughs> I I Cassian think the prison probably told them that like, hey, this is why. Guess what? Like, yeah. you guys uh, are dealing with this now. I bet the prison told them just because they knew it would, it would screw with people. Uh, and meanwhile, yeah. yeah, Cassian was in Space Florida. He doesn't care. 
He's getting pizzas, whatever the hell those are, and yeah, like taking cool showers. Space, Florida, without without <laughs> a real beach. Well, he's saving money. He's saving money. You go rent a cheaper hotel, Airbnb, space B and B, and then you, now. yeah, and then you uh, space you, Uber you know to another fees on those things. Oh my gosh, yeah, horrible. Just get a hotel. Um, official stance of this podcast right now: screw Airbnb. <laughs> I'm kidding, unless you guys want to sponsor us. Love you. Um, yeah, so 30 shifts later, Cassian's grown accustomed to life in prison. That was wild. That. I was like, ooh, time jump. I also like that they're I... counting it in shifts. They're not counting in the days. It is shifts. Mm-hmm. And we don't actually yeah. know that there's like a full shifts. eight. We don't know that there's like yeah. a full eight hours or 12 hours between shifts. Right. Yeah, you have no idea. I I, I wonder, do the do you think the Empire maybe does give them a full 12 hours just so they're like, because they said they give them unlimited food because mm-hmm. they want them, you know, fit and healthy. Well, it's hard they to say give them... how many hours are in a day on this planet, oh, too. True. Like, what's yeah, our standard? You never know. Well, Galactic Standard Time, I feel like, is it's meant to be as close to our time as it can be. So yeah. I they feel simulate like maybe, it, kind of. I feel like maybe there's it's possible they get the full 12 or they just get eight between and it's like yeah, enough time maybe. for you to eat sleep wake up work again yeah what a life <laughs> what a great great life for six years hey you're losing your mind keep it to yourself mm-hmm. well no wonder freaking great... Gollum is so pissed off he had like less than a year to go and he got yeah. it doubled so like whatever yeah. his was doubled so he was probably almost out. <laughs> now, now he's real, real hot and bothered about the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, he had like 200 well, some wait, days was left. It, so. Was it double what you have left or double the original? I think I it was think, double whatever you have left. I thought it was what you had left. Okay. Because but he said could, he, really he had like 200 really some days left. <laughs> mm-hmm. so he probably had right like now. 100 days left. Yeah. And then Cassian goes Rob's the empire now he's like three months out yeah Mm -hmm. well hopefully they uh liberate this prison later we're going to talk about that later in the podcast uh back on ferrix really glad to be back on ferrix i was very excited to get some more scenes from these people bix and brasso welcome back my guy love you Mm -hmm. so much she's such a good boy they're looking after marva which is so cute and so sweet and they both call each other out on it they're like well you don't have to be here well, you don't have to be here either. Well, we're both staying. Like, it was just adorable. Poor Marva had a fall, which anyone who has, like, a grandparent or a parent who is prone to falling down, you know they're going to break something. But, you know, it's not, she's not going to let it slow her down. She's like, I'm a rebel now, y'all. I'm going to keep helping (laughs) the rebels. I love her so much. I do, too. Much to the chagrin of Bix and Russell. Not enough enough B dialogue this episode, but great stuff from Marva. Yes, exactly. I love Marva so much. But then, outside, we have two familiar faces kind of spying on them a little bit. We have Vel and Cinta. A little bit. It's all they're doing. A little bit. Just like they're like (laughs) space binoculars. They're getting ready to watch. Our little love couple are back. They're together. We love to see them together. We don't love to see them splitting up yet again. They're trying to find Cassian, of course, so that they can possibly assassinate him. I have a feeling Belle would be like, eh, I don't want to do that right now. 
And maybe now she won't have to worry about it since her and Cinta are splitting up. Bix heads to Pax. This is the guy who has the radio station basically mm-hmm. hidden away in his shop. Tries to get a message to Luthen asking about Cassian because his mom is sick. He should come home. Clea receives it but does not respond and convinces Luthen that it's too risky to keep the line open. Which it pretty much is. Like this is a really big risk for them now. He shuts it down and leaves on his ship for Segra Milo. Dun, dun, dun. I wonder where he's going, everyone. <laughs> we'll find out very soon. In yeah. prison, this scene like really shocked and troubled me. Yeah. Shocked, I don't mean I was... that as a pun. I was like very taken aback. Like, holy shit, I don't think Star Wars has really dealt with this kind of thing before, like the level of despair that these people are in and to jump on fucking burning awful whatever is happening to this like floor. electrified immediately oh it was so so sad one of the prisoners yeah. one of the inmates he commits suicide basically by just jumping off of his bed and onto the floor at night and he's just electrocuted before our eyes gotta love that everybody was like he's gonna smell before they come get him like, like there was no compassion from anyone it was just like oh look at this guy inconveniencing us mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. well and his crew too whoever's yeah. table he's on is now down a person so they're probably going to get last and then get punished because you got to produce guys otherwise mm-hmm. you're not worth anything for the empire on ferrix pack is arre- arrested and bix flees the scene with help from brasso which was great to see he's like a human wall people I mean, look, Clea called it. It was too it was too risky. ISB way, was listening. Way too risky. Like Clea, she does know what she's talking about. We just are like, damn it. Crap. She's too <laughs> pragmatic. Yes, she is way too pragmatic. Just like she someone else we know and love. She and Cinta would get along great. Oh yes. yeah, I bet. Oh, Same yeah. page. I a, yeah. Sorry, Val. Oh, yeah. Yeah, poor Val. <laughs> she wants to go away and live like happily ever after. Cinta's like, eh, I don't think we're going to be able to do that. <laughs> Next, we get someone we have all been waiting for since the trailers dropped. Luthen lands and meets with Forrest Whitaker, a.k.a. Saw motherfucking Guerrera. Oh, interesting. I love I seeing so Forrest excited. Whitaker. <laughs> he just brings so much depth to this role without like hardly having to speak at all. It's great. He's not quite gone off the deep end like in rogue one yet he's still got i mean he's a little bit there he's, he's pretty close there, but we still like he's not bald yet so we're not to the episode from rebels where he runs into ezra and company quite yet yes but he is talking shit about other rebels saying they're dumber than a bag of hammers basically <laughs> that part i was just laughing so hard so they both ask each other, which I also thought was hysterical about Aldani being like, you, yeah. you, you <laughs> did this. <laughs> Not me, you. Yeah, you. That was all you, right? Obviously did this. They are both masters of manipulation. So this was fun to see them playing off against each other. And they both deny it. Neither of them own up to it. And Luthen tries to not only sell Saw some equipment, but also sell him on the idea of working with one of his contacts the guy who's dumb he's a big old dummy everyone 
So I was like, nah, I work alone. Thanks though, even though he's got a crew. So he doesn't really work alone. But these are just people he trusts that he has with him. But then Luthen's like, you have to change though, because the rebellion is changing and now it's time for you to change. Unfortunately, Saw thinks he's the only one with the clarity to do things right and ultimately turns Luthen down, which is pretty wild because he needs these parts. Like, this is why they picked your sister to lead the mm-hmm. resistance, yes. not you. Yeah, this is exactly <laughs> why they picked his sister because this latent kind of stubbornness coming out right now is just not, not what we need, at least not what Luthen yeah. needs at this point. And then we come to the part of our story where we have to stop rooting for Dedra because she is in the hotel on Ferrix, done interrogating Pack, has him still in the room when Bix is brought in just to like sow the terror, of course. Mm-hmm. And then we get back to poor Cassian who has to go about his day on another shift. Endless, seemingly stuck here forever. We know he's not, but right for now exactly but you know what dedra that was very cold of you that mm-hmm. like no no, no leave him here leave him here and then yeah. what are you what are you doing get him out of here like yeah. oh dedra I, <clears throat> I have to <throat> stop rooting for you you girl boss too close to the sun for me yeah it's just mm, i'm very very torn <laughs> yeah because it's like i know that she she's basically a space nazi like let's face it but when you have these scenes with the empire you still want to like connect with a character she's so interesting we knew it was happening to us we knew we were being manipulated into liking dedra and wanting to root for her and now we have her in a room with bix and it's going (laughs) it's not going to be great everyone it is Uh not going to grow great for anyone at all I think we should get into our overall reactions for yes. this episode. I don't know about you guys, but I did not expect a Squid Game prison right. in Star Wars. Like, what is happening? No idea. He walked in there and I was like, okay, what are they doing with their like really expensive Air Jordans and no one else is wearing shoes? What is happening? And it's all of a sudden we're in this room where everyone has to play a little game every day and make their quota or more or they get punished horribly like who came up with this like horrible horrible thing it's probably like let's say it was who came up with this bullshit um i liked that this episode went in a lot of different intriguing directions like we met some new characters and a sneaky cameo that we're going to talk about later in our easter egg section that i was very excited to see I just have to say, I love the pacing of this series so far. It just lets you really dig in and get down and dirty with the storylines and the characters. Like you get to stay there for a while. You don't have to leave immediately. Each arc is like bringing something new to the Star Wars galaxy, like this prison and like the ISB we actually get to see inside there. It makes the galaxy more tangible. Mm -hmm. Whereas... Like the latest shows have all been on Tatooine. Let's face it. It's, <laughs> it's been a lot of Tatooine action, making the world feel smaller. And this show feels more like a Legends book, which is expanding the universe, puns intended. Just like making it feel so much bigger and feeling that there are trillions and pawn trillions of people in this galaxy. 
And I like to see that. I want it to feel like a well-realized world. And I can't wait for every episode. Like every week I'm sitting there like, I wonder if Marva's going to get caught. I wonder if Dedra is going to like make any headway in her investigation. It's just very intriguing to me that this is the Star Wars show I'm most invested in right now until Ahsoka hits because that is totally going to take all of my attention. Yes. But for now, Andor is, I think, my favorite. Maybe Mando season one. I think I still put Mando season one above this one. But yeah, yeah, is like way high up there, too. Once this season's over, I'll be able to say if it's above Mando season one. Exactly. And then we get the next season, which is also going to be like amazing. (laughs) So many interesting people are going to pop up there. I also thought that it was weird just to think about all these people that are in this prison. Most of them are probably not supposed to be there. Like Cassian, yeah, he did commit some crimes against the Not the, the ones he was arrested for. Not yeah, the one he exactly. was arrested for. Um, nothing to do with the heist. He really was just a tourist, like going to the store, and they picked him up and sent him to prison for six years to do manual labor. I just want to know what everyone in Cassian's team supposedly did to end up here and how ruthless they're going to be trying to get out. Also... Bears thinking about what the new republic is going to do with places like this. Like, yeah. how are they going to decide whether people are actually supposed to be there? Like, are there mass murderers in here? Are there real threats to the galaxy in here? Or are they all just poor schmucks who were in the wrong place at the wrong time? It's like, oh, prison reform. Here's another thing we're going to have to talk about <laughs> when the or new republic. There- takes or over has and puts their everybody time, on ship. <laughs> has their time inside that prison made them dangerous though too right exactly yeah institutionalization like, are they coming out of this place just like cassian and his friends who are going to join the rebellion and do even more crazy shit later it just really adds another layer to what is going to happen when the empire falls like what do we do with these people and how do we help them how do we rehabilitate them and get them therapists. Here's another yes. call. Another shout out for Star Wars therapists. Please. Please. Someone. Oh my gosh. I just, I really enjoyed this part. Like it's not going to be your usual prison break. These are people that were actually like, oh shit. Like, do we want these people to escape? <laughs> do we want Andy Circus to get away? We don't, we don't. We know Cassian needs out and a couple of the others, but. Yeah. Yeah. Time will tell. I know. I I agree with pretty much everything that you're saying. I I love the dynamic in the prison. I love that there are a lot of different storylines in this episode, and they're all kind of like spreading out those tendrils, like letting us really live in things. I will say though that this is the first time so far in this series that I felt it start to drag a little bit. And I think that's because not only is this the longest episode yet, including the credits, we're at 56 minutes, so probably close to like 50 total. But all of those different storylines, while they're all individually interesting, are each moving like kind of slow. There's not a lot of variance in the pacing Mm -hmm. on those. So I'm invested in every individual piece. But when you kind of put them all together in this episode, this is the first one that I actually really like. I felt the length of the episode with this one. Um, but hopefully sure. that'll help that people are meeting now. Like 
yeah. storyline yeah, kind, kind of, of cool once away. we start to yeah once we start to kind of like pull back together i feel like this is all going to pay off tremendously um generally i love that after all of his efforts to get into the isb falsifying <laughs> reports everything dedra base we've been waiting for dedra and cyril to meet and we're like oh my god they're gonna like hook up together and they're gonna like oh, f- yeah. and they're gonna like do a spy mission together and dedra's basically just tells him thanks for the info now get the fuck out of here and just kicks into the curb and I loved it we don't validate parking (laughs) she's like I don't care she shantayed away in those poofy pants she's like I have no time for you Yes, I can't with the job first (laughs) oh my gosh Daniel Daniel, what did you think (laughs) I I really like this I, I understand what you're saying Anders about starting to feel the length on this one um, but I was glad that we got to see everyone in this episode, like most of our big players we got to see. And it it felt like, you know, things are starting to converge, like you were saying, Colleen. You can kind of see where, okay, the ISB's on Ferrix and they're talking to Bix. Well, talking, that's one way of putting it. Um, so that's going to connect to Cassian and Marva. And then, you know, Luthen's out there with uh saw and mon mothma's talking to tay and they both are trying to get funds and you're like okay i can see things are starting to coalesce like we know that senta and vel are trying to find cassian so that's probably going to put them together so i was fine with it because i was like oh i see like where things are starting to connect like we're we're getting the ball rolling towards the end game mm-hmm. uh so I, I don't know i was fine with it just because i find myself really interested in these characters it doesn't matter if they're just walking and talking in a party or if they're having a tense discussion like in a stakeout or if it's just cassian having a panic attack staring at his fellow co-workers like trying to figure out what's going on i'm interested in all of it uh yeah i'm like this was just this episode made me feel very unsettled though like it was Mm -hmm. everything to do with that prison was just unnerving and it's so, I, I think what freaked me out so much is there's no bars. There's the guards, you know, are just kind of standing around. It's no big deal it because they just, they don't need it. it. It's so terrifying and unsettling that that floor beneath you can just turn on you in any moment. Like, yeah, we did. A and really I'm a guy who does not like wearing shoes, but yeah. Well, too bad, man. You might want to put some uh, rubber soled ones on. Yes. Mm-hmm. And everything yeah. looks like it conducts electricity. <laughs> like, no matter Actually, where you yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, there's no climbing up the walls to escape it. All right. Well, then let's move into our next section here our characters, general discussion points. I'll start us off with on Man Cassian. He spends a lot of this episode so confused and so terrified it's really not until later on in the episode that the full gravity of his situation is set in he's still like kind of blustering like i'm a taurus i was just a taurus like trying to get himself out that being said his natural instincts never really go away and he doesn't stop noticing things you can see on his face even when he is terrified and scared of the situation he is taking in all of the information about everything going on around him, everyone and everything. He clocks that there's a delay in getting the tr- the guards to kind of do their intake. 
-hmm. He notices the prisoners who are using sign language to communicate across whole floors and sections of this prison. Mm -hmm. He is the first one to notice that there's a worker at their table who is struggling basically because he is old and exhausted. And like they basically try to just kind of push through and Cassian, you can see he's the only one who's like, no, dude is struggling, needs some help. help. Somebody Mm -hmm. help him. He's taking in all the information that he can, which we can presumably say will be put to use later on. Mm-hmm. His team improves drastically when he joins them. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of that could just be that they have a full table again. Uh, and we hope he thinks of some other innovations to help them out as he goes along. I can assume that, I mean, those 30, those 30 shifts, he's probably fell into the swing of things pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's ingratiating himself too, I think. Yeah. With his table mates. Since we know that two of them at least are going to escape together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, one thing I did notice, he clocked the uh, the shoes on the rack outside of, uh, like when he was being escorted through, he clocked those too. Mm-hmm. So like he's taken in every detail, like you were saying. It's, yeah. I yeah, love it. I had to Even keep telling he's... him like, look ahead. And he was like, mm-hmm. well, sneak a peek. Let me yeah. peek, let me peek. Yeah. Even when he's terrified, he's still making sure that he's, Figure out what he needs to to survive. Just what a champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we go to Marva. Just poor Marva. That she's going through it. She misses her son, and but like she's still trying to do her thing for the rebellion. It like it's heartening but sad at the same time. It's like oh look at all this fight she has, but she should be like in a nice warm house relaxing, and instead. She's sneaking off trying to see if the secret hotel, uh, the secret tunnel underneath the hotel still works. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, I'll just open it up. If there's any rebels, they can get in and take out the Imperials. Like, You sweet lady. I just, I need you to go sit down with a nice cup of hot chocolate and read a book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Relax she, with your droid. <laughs> right? Like in her mind, like she seems to think that they're this well-oiled machine that, you know, they will be at some point, but mm-hmm. they're not right around yet. the time of the second Death Star. That's when they get there, right? Well, hey, yeah, they're not organized yet. <laughs> even like Rogue One, Cassian uh, could have gotten some stuff done. You know, just he's a few years out from that. Yeah, yeah. I just i I've been trying to think in the last few days because Marva seems like a very familiar trope in this episode, like the kind of the elderly person who's like, has all of this hope. And it's just like, no, the rebellion is coming. They're, they're, they're coming. They're going to blow up the hotel. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I can't think of an actual specific character parallel for that. (laughs) The old, older person that's not full of hate and spite. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, honestly, the closest thing I could come up with higher. was actually uh, it's a character in The Count of Monte Cristo. It's one of the villain's dads who's like waltzing through the streets when Napoleon's like escaping from Elba. He's like, the emperor's coming back. Everything's going to be okay again. <laughs> Only wow. for himself to no. get gunned down. Yeah, that's a tough take when you're cheering for Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. But Marva here, <laughs> I mean, one. it's 
she's representing something that i mean star wars is very much built on this concept of this hope mm-hmm. and she is so yeah. full of this hope and this is one of the first times that we're actually like almost pitying a character that has all of this hope yes because it seems right so naive right yes yeah she's a sweet summer grandma <laughs> what like, she is <laughs> our poor she girl did helpful. you have to go there <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's be fair. It's probably not going to end well for Marva. <laughs> There's one thing that's going to get the um, people of Ferrix riled up. It's probably going to be Marva being killed. Yeah. Or even Bix being hurt. Like this is, mm, the Empire is probably not long for Ferrix, but then Ferrix will not be long for the Empire either. Yeah. Yes, and on that very happy note, we're going to do a complete 180 and turn over to our Imperials. We have Jedra Miro first, absolute girl boss. We're really sorry, though, girl. We can't actively root for you anymore. Girl boss, too close to the sun. Yeah, she's just Icarusing her way right up there. Mm-hmm. We knew it was coming, like that Jedra would get on Cassian's trail soon and threaten the people that he loves, even though she doesn't know technically that that's what she's doing like she just is trying to get close to Cassie in any way she can and my guess is that she's going to get on to Marva next yeah but then it's not going to work because Cassian's in fucking prison (laughs) so he won't see anything or probably hear anything until he is broken out or breaks out I did love Dedra's interactions with Cyril just chilling like threatening him dismissing him like he's this useless insect who's done his is. one job i mean he <laughs> is, let's be fair. he's just a cog in the machine like the cogs that our poor prison people are making <laughs> basically <laughs> she's just really intimidating like using her uniform and position to great effect because she's like not a large intimidating person she's a young woman she's got a fantastic sneer she really mm. does this i love her acting like this is fantastic she can say more with like a raised eyebrow than a lot of people can say with like a lot of paragraphs and looking at you saw guerrera <laughs> right there he can learn a lot from dedra about keeping quiet until you absolutely know that you're gonna win and then you speak up <laughs> and then we get a lot more from cyril seriously cyril karn what were you fucking thinking making false reports to the empire I mean, my guy <laughs> that's kind of rad though i'll give it it is it is he just is like i'm gonna go out on a limb i'm gonna do what i want to do because i am this dedicated to my job he's it's just rad until really, you remember that he's a super narc yeah he is a super narc we're gonna talk about that too later <laughs> he's like that dogged cop who stops at nothing to get his man he's the javert like he just is. This is yeah. his character. His arc is probably going to go in the same direction as Javert's. I don't think Does he's going to stop filing reports. He probably will jump off a bridge, be it a starship bridge or an actual bridge. I'm cool with it. If he can sing, I would also hope that he would do it singing because that would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, he's British. I kind of feel like he can probably. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. They can all just start singing. Let's have a Star Wars musical. I am very much for that. We did. I it was called musical. a holiday special. Not that one, Anders. <laughs> that was like 
something horrific. Bring <laughs> it back. Yeah, Bring we just they back. need to like redo the holiday special and have it be like composed by. I think Taika Waititi should do it. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I would be here for that. A musical holiday episode, Star Wars, Taika, a marriage made in heaven. Fantastic. I would love that. Um, how do we think he's going to get involved with the investigation? Because we know he's going to. Like something is going to happen. Oh, he's absolutely not going to stop filing reports. No, she said, or he'll find another way. Well, uh, Dedra said to him, uh, if you keep filing false reports, it's not going to be me who you're speaking to. And he Mm -hmm. has that little smirk afterwards. He totally is just going to keep doing it because he wants to go to someone higher up the ladder to be like, no, look at me. Um, um, I know that um, Axis's coat was green, so then I'm going to be able to help you. Like, shut up, you little dweeb. But he's going to keep doing it and it's going to rustle someone's feathers. And I I think he's going to say something that he didn't even realize is a clue. And then they're going to be like, all right, right, you got to You got to come with us. No, I think that, so I think that you're onto something there and I think he's going to ultimately, he's going to say something. They're going to realize he actually has a little bit of value, but then they're going to be like, Oh yes, join the investigation. And then he's going to not know it, but he's just going to be bait. Oh yeah. They're going to like put him in a position to just get killed and he's not going to realize it until the last second. Oh, that'd be good. I'm very much here for that. <laughs> I would love that. I do like, like Daniel said, he's this just character with this rebellious streak, this wanting to stand out against his job, like all these straight-laced people where he works. He wants to be different. He wants to be noticed. And he's a lot like Dedra in that way. They both are dedicated to their jobs, but they want to make names for themselves and be a little more individual this doesn't usually go well for people in the empire. Like even Thrawn has issues because he's a prodigy within the Navy and he makes a lot of enemies. Like it does, it like is good to stand out, out, but not too much. Exactly. Like be but don't awesome. be shit. Yeah. Be awesome. But then not too awesome because you're going to have people gunning for you. So you have to like pull back. But the funny part about Thrawn in that respect is he's not really trying to make a name for himself even. No. He's just pointing out the <laughs> fact that access. other people are fucking dumb. <laughs> oh yeah, he he's loves doing too that good. too. <laughs> he just wants the information. Like that's what yeah. he's trying to get to. He's ladder climbing because he can. Like he knows how. He wants to get as high as he can so he has enough information. But it still makes him so many enemies. Doesn't do him any favors really in the end. I like that both Dedra and Cyril were also warned in the last few episodes to be careful and watch their backs. Yep. Like you can be an individual and stand out all you want, but then you have a target on you. It's like, so are they going to be brought down by the rebels or are they going to be brought down by the empire? Stabbing each other in the back. Yep. Yep. Eliminating the people who are too good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something tells me that we haven't seen the last of Blevin. I bet he's going to show up to try and still cause some shit yep. with uh, with Dedra. Mm-hmm. He's going to become a fulcrum just to fuck with Dedra. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have care no if I idea. win so long as he doesn't win. Exactly. <laughs> oh my Big gosh. Hux energy. <laughs> Big Hux energy. <laughs> and Hux was tiny. Oh, <laughs> Napoleon complex. <laughs> So 
we've got Vel and Senta though. Mm. These two, you know, we just want to be happy, but it's not looking great because Senta is ride or die for the cause. She's like, no, no, no. Like the rebel cause is what comes first. You and I get the what's left. Like, that's it. This is how this works. How romantic. <laughs> I mean, I I have thoughts. Senta, you're one of the hardest characters. I've like I'm I'm so utterly impressed and a little bit scared of you. Like, I understand what Vel's saying. Like, she wants more, like they just were separated for so long, and she's like, we don't get to spend any time with each other. And no, like, sorry. Senta is mm-hmm. dedicated. She lost everything to stormtroopers. She's giving everything to the cause. That's just what it is. And uh, it feels a little bit like some Kanan and Hera vibes in the early days mm-hmm. uh, when she was just, you know, about the rebel cause. And that's what it was. And Kanan wasn't quite as invested. Um, yeah, Senta also gives us some insight into Vel's past that uh, Vel comes from a wealthy family. She's kind of running away from that life. Mm-hmm. That she's was, looking that for what cool. she wants to be inside uh, Vel or inside in Senta. So, yeah. Yeah, that was that was interesting. So I, I hope we get some more about both of their past because they're just fascinating characters. Mm-hmm. They really are. I just don't want them to tie Vel to like someone we know. Like right. it turns out, oh, Vel is actually like Perrin's niece. Right. Yeah. No. Or, like, or, or like, or like, or like Tay's. She's part of like Tay's family. I don't want something like that. If she's related to anyone, I think she might be related to Luthen somehow. Like if if she's gonna he be would tied know, to anyone, he would maybe know her family. He could know her yeah. family. I mean, she does kind but of I don't look think like it's Jody Comer. Be tied to anyone else? So she could be related to the eventual uh, Palpatine's daughter-in-law. <laughs> that would be wild. That'd be absolutely insane. No, please don't do this, and or don't do this to us. No, yeah, just Execs, don't make that have... happen. A rich family like like one of her families could be like one of the royal families maybe something like that that would be fine oh, as long as it's not it? the organas <laughs> no it's not the organas it's the uh it's the it's the dude from lego star wars like um the really haughty guy who's like of the core world bottoms uh, yes <laughs> kind of like the yeah. oh such a core world <laughs> rich rich girl family mm-hmm. all right anyway <laughs> speaking of the car worlds we do and get rich some girls more, and rich girls <laughs> we get some more from mon mothma here flo's favorite um walk, walk and i'm sure baby and i'm sure flo would have a lot of thoughts about the fact that mon is just kind of in a holding pattern at this mm. point until she can get access to this money she has like she can't really do anything tay's back on coruscant which is good but also Perrin has kind of taken notice of this. Mm-hmm. And Lita also takes notice of this. Um, she sees Tay and Mon hanging out around each other. So their alibi better be pretty airtight. Mm-hmm. Also getting a lot of vibes from Lita here. Like it, it's been a little ambiguous as to whether or not this is just like teen daughter noticing things. Mm-hmm. The last episode, like Perrin sent her over to mon while she was talking with tay so is there a little bit of that or is this a little bit of is this also a little bit of like 
almost a little bit of like Hitler youth type thing, like report on mm. your parents if you notice them doing anything bad. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't Oof. put it past Perrin to be that Oof. jealous husband who doesn't actually like his wife, but it but it doesn't matter. She's still tied to me, so you can't have her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It tries to get her to drink that stuff from the younger <laughs> days, that Chandralin delicacy that involves eating a raw squid or a squig, whatever you want to call it. Whatever it is. Um, it looks like a worm that dissolved in water. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I and she know. was like, no, <laughs> I'm not young anymore. I, I love that Lita was also just like, ew, gross. Mm-hmm. Tay's like, yeah, that's the point. That's the point. It's supposed to be gross. Well, if it's anything like raw squid, I, I enjoy some calamari, but the the raw stuff is just too chewy. It doesn't work. Yeah, don't like yeah, it. No. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, moving on from just the characters themselves, I want to talk a little bit about this prison on Arcana mm. Five, and I just thought it was like really interesting to note how this prison is absolutely spotless. Yeah, in so many stories. Mm-hmm. Even in Rogue One, when we meet Jin at the start, like prisons are filthy. Mm-hmm. They are the the manifestation mm-hmm. of the horrific conditions that these prisoners are being put through is represented by rust, dirt, and on more than one occasion, human excrement, yeah. just like smeared all over the place. And here, it is super clean. It is crisp. Everything has these nice clean lines. What do you guys mm-hmm. think about this? Creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's super, creepy, super creepy because it looks too sterile and clean. And you, it's like, it's, it's it, eerie. It's eerie and you feel trapped. Like it, it feels more claustrophobic mm-hmm. in a way to me. Like something about it is just, it's freaky. Like, because you don't expect, too. yeah, you don't expect such like, horrible evil in something so clean and just kind of sterile like that mm-hmm. and i like that this that sneering guard even brings up like you'll notice that this place is nicer than other places if you've been incarcerated mm-hmm. it's there's something sadistic about how like clean and like n- like just orderly it all is yes and like they actually are so, doing their jobs yeah. and know what they're doing yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's oh, it's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it, it's unsettling. Like, there's a what's the word I'm looking for? There's an existential dread to it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. very much so. Just no, I'd rather have right. the filthy prison. <laughs> right. At least there's like some character. There's some difference. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you might like notice some dripping water, but that's something. Mm-hmm. Like, it's something tangible and real of like some sort of outside world yeah whereas like you're just stuck inside your cell and you can't even step on the floor it's like, also so like it's it's so manufactured like the interior it looks like it's almost made of like shipping crates yeah just like right? blocks yeah you're on your hamster wheel and that's all you get yeah yeah all oh, right <laughs> well with that let's move into our next section here homages easter eggs connections and callbacks daniel who is back this week <laughs> He's back, baby. Forrest Whitaker making his return. I mean, we knew he was coming from the trailer, but it was just a matter of when are we getting him? When are we getting him? And uh, so we'd already heard Partisan's name dropped earlier in the season, you know, Saw Guerrero's team. Uh, So not only do we get Forrest Whitaker back, my boy Two Tubes, as soon as we (laughs) saw him standing on the rocks, 
I was like, that's my boy. I, I was like, I knew exactly who's coming. And he's standing guard over that sick looking X Wing. God, it that was, was just a so pretty good to see cool him. looking S Wing. It looked really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like the black and gray paint job. Oh, so cool. And these guys live for a pretty long time as rebels, yeah. like considering the life expectancy of some of these people. <laughs> like, Who have made it. Yeah. And, and two tubes have been at this for a long time. Oh, yeah. Just wild. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just got to mention, the name of the prison, it's pretty close to the word narc. Narkina 5, narc. Yep, got a narc. Cyril is a narc <laughs> confirmed. I won't lie. I was actually thinking more along the lines of uh, Burkina Faso. Have Ooh, no okay, idea. Have no idea why those connections um, are there, but I thought it sounded similar. I, I think things in Burkina Faso are a little bit better than that prison, but you know. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I'd rather go to Burkina Faso than Narkina 5. Yes, Bad. definitely. Hot take. Hot mm-hmm. take on the pod here. <laughs> and speaking of Narkina 5, its design um, had a lot of visual homages in it. Uh, mm-hmm. For the start, the general set design, the guards, the prison uniforms, the white walls, everything was very much an homage to George Lucas's uh, original short film, THX 1138. Uh, this film gets a lot of nods throughout mm-hmm. star wars to the point where 1138 has its own wikipedia entry as it as a running easter egg mm-hmm. a lot of people also uh pointed out that the exterior shots pretty much just look like the raft from the mcu like they kind of just yep. recycled that yeah. design <laughs> they made it great Disney, <laughs> and you we know don't waste anything <laughs> bringing it back once again to nicholas cage <laughs> Uh, I did see in my own mind, and I saw some other people on the internet talking about it, a decent amount of comparison this week to the Narkina 5 prison and the high security facility Nicolas Cage goes to in Face Off. Not only being out at sea, that one was on an abandoned oil rig, uh, but to the foot-focused security, um, although Nicolas Cage had to wear those giant-ass metallic magnetic boots to hold them in place instead of electrifying the floor. Mm-hmm. say what you will which one's more humane i don't know again mm. i don't like wearing <laughs> shoes so i think i actually would prefer the narkina five floors <laughs> you only die horribly <laughs> happen to like sleepwalk off of your cot <laughs> in the middle of the night you know speaking of the feet guys mm. is this the season of the feet now <laughs> it is we have we have referred to in the past that this has been a high high volume content season from like seven five or six seven or eight of major ip franchises have had tv and movies out in the last like month or two and while this one's not a true easter egg we do feel compelled to, to just point out the timing of this episode where they put such a focus on those feet um, and one of our other favorite shows of the season, House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones spinoff, which had just a couple of weeks ago featured a very um, feet-focused plot point. <laughs> Lord Lara Strong was watching this episode and was just like, oh my god. Reaching under oh, those robes. And on. <laughs> He's like, let me just pause Disney Plus because... I wasn't going to say it. Focus on this episode. I wasn't going to. I wasn't going to say anything about it. And then when I went back and rewatched, I just noticed that there was one too many shots that just lingered on the feet, and I was just like, 
this is too coincidental for us to not say anything. Tarantino had uh, some writing <laughs> credits on this episode. Mm-hmm, he really did. <laughs> we want to see more shots of Diego's feet, please. <laughs> oh, man. Too much. Oh, too man. much. I'm not into feet. I'm just going to yeah, say no, no kink shaming, but I'm not into feet. All yeah. right. You know who might be in defeat, though? Supreme Assembly Line leader, Andy Circus. <laughs> what a fucking triumph. I heard the voice oh. and was like, yay. Right. <laughs> it's Andy Circus. I was so excited. He plays the floor manager at the factory inside the prison. He has, of course, been in Star Wars before, playing Supreme Leader Snoke in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. I, I just was so happy, although, of course, this spiked rumors online immediately that this man is Snoke. And I was like, no, no. stop. It's just using a good actor. And tubes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just it's just a guy who doesn't usually get to act outside of motion capture, actually getting to show his damn face on screen. <laughs> yeah, we love to see live oh, action God. Andy Serkis. Love we to do. see live action Andy Circus. Please go make another Venom movie. They are so much fun. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> well, at least not Morbius. Like, at least make oh, it gosh. the summer of Venom instead. <laughs> oh, I, I watched a YouTube video where a guy went and watched Morbius five times in a row, oh, uh, like one each day. Oh. I don't know why he would do it to himself. Um, but uh, yeah, in in better news, we get another Rakuten reference. Like I was so excited about this because uh, I heard the name. Uh, when, so when Cassian's getting sent off to uh, Narkina Five, they're putting people off into ships based on your home planet. And prisoner gives his planet name, and they say you're going to Belsavis. Uh, I was like, I know that name from somewhere. It is in the Legends continuity from the Old Republic games. It was a, uh, a Rakatan prison camp. Just all these references towards them bringing it back into canon. Oh, it makes me so happy. <laughs> I love that we're so getting excited. so many like Legends references and video game references. Just pull it in. Pull it in big time. They're right, doing next. it in ways that aren't just like in your face, like, yes. oh, yes. look at us. Yeah, exactly. like they're doing it well. This is the subtlety that we need. Andor is definitely more about the subtle play yes. than some of the other shows have been. Next, we have, this is some strong stuff. The prison floors are made of tungstoid steel, which is mm-hmm. not fun to say. It's very difficult <laughs> to say. It's very conductive and durable. In Legends, it's described as strong enough that blast doors made from it can deter Jedi. So this is the shit you want on your ships, because hey, Jedi good, good. can't get through it. Or Trade at least Federation didn't learn about this. <laughs> or if they, they were did, they're cheap. like, it's too expensive. <laughs> yeah, they're way too cheap to spring for the actual shit that would stop a Jedi. Yeah. We're going for the illuminatoid. Oh, gosh. Bleh. <laughs> transparent aluminum all right guys (laughs) for real though how many easter eggs (laughs) can the prop department feature in one Mm. shop set like it's insane here once again we get another easter egg featured in luthan's shop look closely and you will see one of padme amidala's headpieces on display it's that kind of like half moon 
headdress yep. piece that she wears once or twice in the prequels. And it's just like, how many things can you put on display in the shop? Every time I, I talk about everything. this. Yeah, Luthen's got everything. <laughs> I need to talk about this. Luthen, I need to know where you got this from. I need to know your source. I need to know that you ethically received this. Because I know that you are not stealing my girl's fashion. She was strutting her stuff around in that headpiece, looking fine. And how dare you have that on display if you were not gifted that from Naboo or you did not purchase it from Naboo. Luth and I have strong opinions (laughs) about this. Stay away from our girl. (laughs) Yeah, you stay away from our girl and you respect her fashion. That's right. Excuse me, got a little heated. <laughs> now you can get but, even more heated about this. Yeah, <laughs> guys, we got Melshi. This was cool. Uh, so actor Duncan Powell appears as Melshi. So he was in Rogue One. Like as soon as he started talking, I looked at him. I was like, yeah. oh my God, you're, you were basically so Cassian's. Yeah. He was Cassian's like second in command. He was part of the Scarif raid. Mm-hmm. Um, he helped rescue Jen Erso from her prison at the start. So seeing this guy who is so integral, like he's he's a key player, like he's he's part of Cassian's crew mm-hmm. and we get to see them meet like that's so cool. And it's again, not in your face. It's just a if you know, you know, and if you don't know, you well, then you're going to be like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, cool. And then you'll notice it again when you're watching Rogue One later in the future. Like it's it's nice how they're just blending it in subtly. Mm-hmm. I I can't wait to see what Cassian does to get this guy's loyalty. Right. Like what makes Melshi want to stay with him besides the like survivor type thing. (laughs) Right. Not only that, but what makes Andor trust him so much? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's exciting. Yes. Layers. Peel back the layers of the Andor onion. I love to see it. I like the subtlety so much more until we get to Ahsoka where I just want to be like punched in the face with Rebels content. <laughs> just like feed it directly into my veins. But for Rogue One, I like this kind of take that they're going with. Right. Like much more slow, deliberate, like a wink instead of a freaking here snort some Star Wars cocaine or <laughs> going right into young Princess Leia. Which I also enjoy, <laughs> but this is just like, oh shit, like actual stuff's happening that we can be like, ooh, getting excited for. I just love that. Yeah. And finally, to round out our Easter eggs, other prisoners may look familiar as well, but not from the Star Wars universe. This guy, immediately I clocked him. I was like, I know him. I know him from somewhere. Where is he from? The older prisoner, Olaf, is played by Christopher Fairbank who also plays the broker in the Guardians of the Galaxy. This is the first guy that Star-Lord tries to sell the artifact to. Oh my God, thank you. Yes. Because I never looked. I was so bothered. I was like, I know who this is. And he, of course, is a character actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. But that, I think, is his nerd cred. Like, he's in Marvel. This other guy, not so much nerd cred, unless you're a Christmas film buff nerd which I am because I also recognize this guy, British actor Brian Bovell. He was the voice of Radio Watford in the Christmas film Love Actually. He's one of the guys that is 
um, interviewing, <laughs> interviewing um, Bill Nye's character. I love actually. Never seen it. <gasps> Good Lord, Anders. I've seen it so many times. I think I watched it like once when I was like a lot younger and never watched it again. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> I love this movie. There are many things about the movie that are like, wow, this would not fly today. But it's <laughs> very much based in nostalgia for me. Yeah, fair enough. So I, yeah, this guy immediately, I was like, he's also familiar. Where is he from? Looked it up. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I can now go and watch Love Actually and be like, oh, he's in Star Wars. <laughs> My nerd powers combined. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's hit into our last piece here, our questions and predictions. So any other lingering questions we have coming out of this episode? What do we think is coming next? And what do we want to happen next? Colleen, you want to start us off? Ooh, I'm ready for a prison break. Yes. <laughs> Even though you guys said probably not next episode, I can live with that. We'll get to it eventually. My curiosity, though, is who is going to get to Cassian first? I'm guessing it's going to be Val will somehow be involved. I have no clue, though, how she's going to get there, like how she'll connect right. the dots and get there. I do think that Cinta is on guard on Ferrix, so she's going to get involved with what's happening there, whether she actually wants to or it's just kind of like a side effect of her being there and wanting to help people. I think she's definitely going to get involved because she's focused on Marva. I think Dedra's coming for Marva. We're going to see a lot of like women acting together, which is going to be great. I'm all for that. That'll be fantastic. Of course, they have to bail the man out of prison. Yes, that would be amazing if they like all just like teamed up to go break Cassian out of prison. (laughs) Yes, please. This is like the opposite of the cell block tango. We're all coming (laughs) in and we're going to break you out of prison together. There's just so many characters in the mix now. And I want to know what happens to all of them. Like that is how well I think they're doing with their characterization on here really want to see Cyril weasel his way into this investigation (laughs) somehow but how is he going to manage it I don't know he's just like a like just very persistent so I think he'll get in there eventually and that's just going to be a joy to see him fumble his way through I'm here for it Anders how about you Yeah, so I don't think we're having a prison break this upcoming week. I think we're going to have to wait one more week for that. This next one will be kind of about, will be, I think, about Cassian building up his support within the prison and kind of the other characters realizing where he is, um, whether that involves, like, if Cinta does it through observation on Ferex, because Dedra's there. So if she finds out where he is and then... You know, she kind of passes it on to Vel, and it's this kind of race. The ISB and the rebels are both trying to get into the prison to get him out while he's also kind of at the same time planning his own escape. I think it's going to make for a really interesting convergence of all these characters in one place. One thing I do have a question about on this, I know this is kind of a product of the time that Star Wars was originally created. Like this wasn't really on anybody's radar at the time, but the idea that the ISB doesn't have facial recognition software is just kind of mind boggling to me right now. Like we have a former um, head headshot, like a, a mugshot of Cassian. Mm-hmm. We presumably took one of him this time when they processed him. The idea that those two things and there's not a flag up like, hey, if you see this guy, please say something, and it just doesn't come right to Desra's phone or tablet. (laughs) It's a little mind-boggling to me. 
but <laughs> willing to roll with it again just the byproducts it's not a thing in that world yeah all right question for you guys what are the theories i kind of don't want a full answer to this but i'm interested in the theorizing what are they making at this factory i think I don't really need the to death know star. <laughs> yeah i think it's poetic that if it is parts for the Death Star, Cassian and Melshi are making them and they're going to be killed right. by it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or it's Star Destroyer parts would be my guess. Yeah, I, I think they're just making large scale like that or they could be like parts for AT-AT walkers. Like they look like they could be joints for um for the legs or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think overall it doesn't really matter if they tell us what they are just because we know whatever they are. They're making something that's going to kill people. Like, it's the Empire. They're making weapons. Yeah. Some maybe way or uh, another, they're making something that will, that is a weapon of war. Maybe it's shield generators for some TIE defenders. Ooh. Oh. That would mean Thrawn has, yep. <laughs> is monitoring this prison, which is why it's really clean and well-run. <laughs> yes. Probably. Uh, and then, a little bit off topic, and I'm sure we'll discuss this at length in the future, but do you guys have any just quick reactions to Tales of the Jedi from this past week? I love Ahsoka. She's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Her episodes were good. Mm-hmm. Dooku episodes were on another level. That is some of the best Star Wars I have seen in a long time. The music, the emotions. Yeah, at all. Give me more. <laughs> oh my I god. I cried. I'm not gonna lie, guys. I legitimately I cried. cried. <laughs> yes. I was so upset. <laughs> I knew it was coming I mean, and like, I cried. <laughs> even even watching him get so angry at that senator in the first episode, he's like you need to be eradicate like you are an infestation like this guy only all he wanted was to help the people of the galaxy and yeah it, it he didn't do it in the best ways towards the end but god yeah i just i feel for him same i i loved it loved the animation they have come so far from the clone wars movie yes. and the first couple seasons of the clone wars the first episode stinky. Were, yeah so poor stinky <laughs> we get a cuter baby in these we get baby ahsoka yes oh my god and adorable. she was glorious she had her how to train your dragon moment <laughs> with the giant saber-toothed kitty cat on her I'm home train planet. Tiger. <laughs> little little tiger she's just so cute like riding up on him being like hi mom <laughs> look at my pet and they're like oh my sweet lord what is she doing <laughs> what have we gotten ourselves into exactly and then they're like oh she's the jedi and then i'm thinking oh flo Koon's about to come scoop her up and take her away from her family <laughs> yeah this is fine this is totally fine everything's fine mama pakti we love you yes we definitely love ahsoka's mom and dad i thought they were fantastic her dad was so yeah. proud <laughs> it's like right my baby <laughs> yeah they I were both great a baby it was just very good <laughs> Um, if we do a pod about this, I will talk about my problems with the third Ahsoka. Yes, there's a lot of yes. those. Where I'll talk about I that. thought it was very stunningly beautiful, like gorgeously animated, very well acted. But the shortcuts they took, I was like, eh, you guys could have done something different here. But I'll save that rant for another day. <laughs> the Dooku parts I thought were stronger overall. So 
do you guys want them to keep doing these for other characters that haven't gotten enough shine or that kind of need some more story? Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, yes, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Like I would love to get some, like, give me some stuff with Plo Koon or, um, you know it's what? Not Kiati would... Mundi. Just no. We no, don't no, he sucks. Um, I'd even be <laughs> Wait, okay. Yeah, they... I mean, I'd be okay with him if I got to fi- if I got to like um, meet his wives because he did get uh... special accession from the Jedi Council to only read because all... his species yeah. was endangered. All be- yeah. only if they're all really <laughs> mean to him. I'm here for Please. it if all of his wives are mean to him. <laughs> I can definitely watch that. Um, you know I'd what I think this would be Kanan great for adventures. Oh. That would be good. I think this would be great though. Uh, do some for Ray. Mm, like young this Ray, would be a good Ray. way, or just like do some post episode nine of her doing Jedi stuff. Yeah. Like, I think that like would be a good way Finn. to softball some stuff. Yes, in. thank you. Exactly. Because if we can't get the actors to come back, we can at least do the animation. Just give me some more Lego stuff yes. where she trains Finn. That's that's great. yes. <laughs> I love her and Lego. Lego Ray and Lego Finn are hysterical. <laughs> They're wonderful. Oh my god! I do hope we get more. It's a lot like Visions, where it's something that it really teased the palette. Like this isn't a moose bouche, not even like an appetizer. We need more. Yeah, it was something fresh, something something exciting, and you know what? Like, yeah, that was an appetizer. You better serve up some more rounds. Yes, we need more. a revolving tray of apps, please. Let's go. Like the sushi bar that just goes yes. around and you pick up dishes. Yes, <laughs> the Brazilian steakhouse like... of, uh, of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't want to see this Jedi's thing, but Coleman Trevor, uh, the dinosaur man. Yes, I want yes. his tale of the Jedi. Yes, obviously, we oh need him. Oh my gosh. Ventress, young Ventress and her master. I would kill Ventress Tales of the Jedi. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tales of the Dark Side. Ventress, I mean, she too? does train yeah. first under Darth a Jedi. Ben. Oh, I think Darth my gosh. Needs and they brought him into canon. Oh, he needs his own stuff. Yeah, for sure. I can see them doing Maul, young Maul, although that would be really depressing. <laughs> It'd be really depressing, Colleen. It really, like, really, really sad. Colleen, I mean, Maul has a great the, arc. The as Dooku is. one was depressing. Yeah. But then we well, get baby ball animated yeah. baby ball. He's so cute. <laughs> oh, I'd be fine. I'd love it. Well, I mean, I would be sad, but I'd love it. Yeah. No, um. no uplifting storylines from all everyone. It's all just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, Daniel, what do you want? Oh, yeah, next? yeah. <laughs> um, So I'm, I'm really just enjoying like this scene how deep and awful the empire really can be to its people of like, it is, it's really interesting seeing it on the ground level and Ferrix. It's interesting seeing it in the prison and then like the high level political stuff. Like I'm just, I'm loving living in this world. So I'm kind of glad that we probably need one more episode of planning and all that. And then probably get a prison break uh, the week after that. Um, I, as much as I, don't want to see this because i love them i'm afraid that senta and vel are going to come to blows over what to do with cassian i think think vel's going to try and bring him into the cause and senta's going to be stone cold no our orders are to kill him and i think that's going to cause some problems um overall i just i'm ready to see more of luthan we know from the trailer that he's got some more stuff to do on the Fondor. I know there's going to be some cool 
pew pew lasers with the Fondor, and I'm so excited because that ship is so cool, and I am ready for any space naval battles. Let's go. Um, I'm just... I'm very excited to see wherever this goes because I can tell they're leading to something big, but I have no idea where they're leading me, and I love that. Do we think we're heading to a big sacrifice from Luthen? Like, do we think he survives the first half of the series? I think he survives the first season. I don't think he survives the second. Okay. That's where yeah, I, that's where. I, yeah, he doesn't make it to the point of Rogue One. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's alive. No, he lets his little birdies fly free. Yeah, like, I think my rebellion has grown. <laughs> yeah, they've they've outgrown him, and I think he's gonna. Not the exact same way, but I think he will pull a uh, general or Admiral Holdo and just uh, mm. go down with the ship. I can definitely yeah. see metaphorically, that but yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to do the exact same maneuver. But ah, yes, um, the Luthen maneuver. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, actually, Luthen did it first in canon. Um, God, that would be insufferable. The arguments on online. <laughs> Yes, please don't um, do that to us. <laughs> yeah. We would love if you guys hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at YASW pod, but let's talk about better stuff than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before, uh, before we go though, does anyone else have anything they want to bring up? I think, uh, I think we're good for this, for this time around. Mm-hmm. I'm just right. excited. Very excited. Yeah, for I'm just excited. Yes. Well, I can't wait until we talk about episode nine next week and see where that goes. So mm-hmm. in the meantime, go ahead and give us a follow wherever you're getting your podcast and leave us a five-star review. Check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and some other Disney Plus shows. Hopefully, maybe we talk about Tales of the Jedi in the future. Um, check out all the other offerings from Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can find Colleen and Anders on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. And Colleen's uh, Star Wars book reviews are available on Bohemian Geek Studies. Excuse me. And uh, join us next time. We're going to talk about episode nine. We're going to hopefully, you know, not have to drink any of those disgusting squigs. I do not want to slurp those down. And uh, floor's lava, guys. So be careful. Hot floor. Get in your bunk. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.